This week on Tales to Admonish with your co-host Thomas Olton and the always sexy Arthur Romeo, jack of all trades and entertainment maverick. (laughs) So this week, the two of us will be talking about MODOK. Arthur thinks he can't get through the first episode, but I promise him if he does, it only gets better from here. We have a shortage of computer chips, which is making it difficult to get all kinds of stuff. Specifically, PlayStation 5 will continue to be available in limited quantities until next year. Ooh. And scalpers are super excited about it. Rangers of the New Republic, much like PlayStation 5, won't be seen anytime soon. And we do trailers, trailers, more trailers, Woo-hoo! and then another trailer. And lastly, we'll probably talk about the absolute madness that is Army of the Dead. It is the most Zack Snyder thing to ever Zack Snyder. If you (laughs) like that thing, you're going to love this thing. But um, the story makes no goddamn sense, and I will explain that to you shortly, Arthur. (laughs) On the newest episode of... Tales to Exactly what I'm going to explain to you. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, 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 Tommy. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're talking again. Oh, yeah. It's so, it's it's the best. It's good it's times, baby. I always look forward to this now. How you doing? It's like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, you know, doing my thing. Um, I'm boring as shit, man. I just, you know, <laughs> living just to do this with you. That's, we'll, we'll go with that. That's oh, what I'm doing. Oh, my love. How about you? What about you? I'm cool, man. I'm just working on a bunch of projects uh, from children book stuff to, to animation stuff and illustration stuff and voiceover things, just like uh, plodding along. Uh, I'll be able to make some announcements pretty soon. Um, but uh, nice. as far as things that are out right now, everyone can check out Forgotten Baby. That's a book that was uh, uh, co-written by me and uh, illustrated by me. It's about the tale of a girl going through foster care. And that's, that's near and dear to me because I went through foster care in my childhood and it wasn't fun. So that's out on Amazon right now. And uh, we, we have a we announced that we're going to continue the series with four other books. So there's that. And then there's uh, some other projects that I'll I'll be able to announce shortly. So, yeah, that's what's going on. Nice. I like it. I, I knew that you had done the book, but I didn't know it was available on Amazon now. So um, yeah, the first one is the first one is awesome. So anybody who knows us and loves us, go go get the book on Amazon or else. Do you really love us? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you do. If you're not Amazon right now buying a children's book, you, you know, a child, you know, don't say like, I'm, oh, I'm a 24 year old, you know, whatever. What am I going to do with the children's book? You know, someone who knows someone who has a kid, give it to the goddamn library. Just buy the fucking book. Oh, the newest. That's what we call the hard sell, Arthur. That's, that's right. The hard that's sell. right. I love that energy. <laughs> Uh, the new the newest episode of my on my YouTube channel, uh, Draw Really Awesome Miles, about to come out. It features Jay Z and Beyonce, and uh, my co-hosts are going to be Obama and Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> nice. We're going to be talking nice. about Ameri- that's a, American. That's a royalty. star-studded lineup. I know, right? <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. Um, editing it right now as we speak, uh, and that's that's it for me right now. Nice, nice. Well, I guess we got a we got a fair bit of news to cover this week but before low, we get into like the actual low. shows. Beep, 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 <laughs> beep. 
That's right. The little tidbits. We're just going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff going on. Something you had cued me into because I'm I'm not much of a video game guy so much as you are. But you were talking about being a little bit pissed off that it's going to be up until 2022 before Sony can actually really start making PlayStations again. Yeah. And that that's going to mean huge prices on the secondary market for this shit. Well, I'm not pissed because I got my PlayStation 5. But like a lot of people, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't, you know, and that makes us that kind of sucks because, you know, at this yeah. point, like I should have been able to play a bunch of games with friends, but like still a whole bunch of my friends don't have a PS5. And these scalpers have been making it like just horrible for everybody. It seems like there should be an easier way to deal with this. I don't know like how they're letting this happen. You know, it's, it's well, just the internet, weird. you know, the, the sale of things on the internet has become such an arms race. I mean, I remember when I, you know, years ago when concert tickets first started being sold online and it's still a problem now, mm-hmm. but right off the bat, it just became impossible to buy them on the primary market. Yeah. That this entire network of people who use computer automation to purchase things, um, it's, you can't simply cannot compete with it as one person. And it's really changed the landscape of retail. It just sucks because, especially during the pandemic, when people really needed like this escapism, is us is just you have these like really kind of like money money grabbing you know idiots you know because like a lot of them are just sitting on a bunch of consoles that no one will buy for them because it's just like they're not playing into that game, so they're just sit sitting on all these consoles, man. And it's just like, man, you guys suck. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. They, um, you know, the, the, it's always that debate over like, well, if I purchase something for less than it's worth and I go to sell it for what it's worth, that's my right. That's, that's capitalism. And then the other argument is like, you have 20 PlayStation fives locked in a storage locker because nobody will pay $2,000 for them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fucking lame. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I avoid all of it by, by not buying any of them, but I, I <laughs> But that stuff gets me too. I mean, but it's every aspect of retail. It's sneakers, you know, when shoes get released and um, when anything rare. Look at the, we were talking about people getting shot over Pokemon cards and people racing in to buy the last of the stock of those cards um, and then resell them, you know, on the internet. So it's, it's a consistent problem. And the arms race is every time the manufacturers put in something to block the bots, the bots make an adjustment, the manufacturers adjust. So I don't really see an end to it anytime soon. And it's the reality of our situation right now. Same thing with GPUs, everything that uses a computer chip. And of course, you know, people couldn't just go into the store and buy them. You know, so nope. like maybe that will change. It's just it's just unfortunate that like they are having a hard time even making the systems now that like so so much is you know it's going to be a year and a half till like they can make more in mass. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean it it says how much the PS Five is beloved, but you know like the ironic things people don't have them so. Well, yeah, and, and that that chip shortage is affecting everybody right mm-hmm. now. You know that's. COVID shut down the factories and what we've learned as a society is that we have got to make semiconductors at the fastest possible rate and any shutdown at all is going to cause a backlog because that's what everything from your refrigerator to your car to your phone to your PlayStation 5 has some kind of chip, some kind of semiconductor in it and we just ain't got them right now. So hopefully that uh, that can that can be rectified. So speaking um, of a semiconductor, 
Let's talk about J.J. Abrams. <laughs> uh, I knew you were going to mention this. I knew you were going to mention this because I read that same article and you have said on numerous occasions, what about J.J. Abrams? Okay, so the semiconductor J.J. Uh, Abrams for the Star Wars franchise, the latest Star Wars franchise, admitted an article, and he's actually, he's, he's been good about this, admitting when he's been... Um, admitting when he's been wrong about stuff, but it's just like <laughs> after all of that to admit it is kind of foolhardy, you know. He he <laughs> he says, you know, the Star Wars uh, trilogy would have benefited off of having a plan in the beginning. <laughs> you think? <laughs> What a casual way to say, like, that third movie was somebody else's problem <laughs> while I was writing my movie. <laughs> and then they hired me to make that third movie. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> God damn it, I didn't plan on that. Oh, Lord. You know, I mean, I, I commend him for admitting his mistakes, you know, because he, you know. It's tough these days. People, people has called him out on him not knowing how to end movies, and he said it himself. Yeah, I'm not that good at endings. And, like, I appreciate that, <laughs> you know. But like to go through all of that and have to hear from the guy that started it all, just like, dude, this seems like the simplest thing to have a plan. Well, that's for. it. That's what makes it that much more insulting. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's so rudimentary. <laughs> really? That's like that's like day one shit. Yeah, it's like I mean I, I said it before before, but like I I I just see how the whole thing went. JJ was just like, okay, this this is. Really tough, but I have the greatest idea. I'll just do the first one and make a whole bunch of bold statements and then let somebody else finish it. It's genius! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, and then Lord. that second one, which was just like, left turn. Yeah, I mean, I, I All that I stuff we love, set up, nah, we were kidding. I love that movie. It's just not a good movie for a trilogy. But I I love the conceptualization of of uh, Luke Luke Skywalker as an older person in that movie. I thought it was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I thought his sacrifice at the end was like the coolest feat of any Jedi ever in a Star Wars movie. You know, mm -hmm. but it's just like, why did you kill the main villain of the series? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> what were you thinking? Oh. Set up villains and then kill them. Ryan Johnson. Do. Oh, Snoke. I want to know more about. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ryan Johnson. What were you thinking? And Who he... is this Snoke guy? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Richard. He's a Richard. Yeah. The villain of the first one is a goddamn Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, in other Star Wars news, uh, Rangers of the New Republic has been officially like totally backburner. Boo! And it is a shame because it was it's a great idea in a great world. The problem is is that Gina Carano could just not not talk. That's all she had to do. She had said a bunch of messed up shit and spent her time, you know, getting her wrist slapped. Man, it really wasn't that tour. bad, bro. It wasn't and even then, really no, that bad what then, she said. But Disney just said just stop. Like, exactly. But you know what? Look, you have to sell a ticket to everyone. And so you as an actor and as a person in the entertainment industry 
have an obligation sometimes to the yeah. people who pay your bills. But Tommy, to that's just not that's not get along. That's not her first inclination, man. Her first inclination was to beat people's teeth in, bro. She's a fighter, man. She's not like built for all this Hollywood crap. <laughs> well, you know what? Then if you are gonna if you're gonna mock people's preferred pronouns and mock people for wearing a mask during a pandemic and to put up a picture of a Jewish person during the Holocaust and compare it to the treatment of Republicans in today's political climate, you get what you fucking deserve. Okay, I don't ally myself with that in any way, shape, or form. So um, uh, Tom is correct for those statements, and I bow out. <laughs> I didn't know she. I only saw one thing she said, and it didn't seem that bad. I didn't know she did all that. That's that's pretty crazy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, oh yeah. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. My bad. That's what I'm <laughs> so like. What you do in that situation is you give the whole show to Carl Weathers and you do a Carl Weathers putting the freaking the team together. Yeah. You know, the guys who will do the job that nobody will do. Like, that's the show. Well, I mean, the good the good thing in all of this, though, is that Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni, who who, if you guys don't know, he's the one that uh, like uh, spearheaded the Clone Wars animated series. Mm -hmm. And also. Put help put together the Mandalorian and all the quality that was there, and he's the creator of Shokatano, my favorite Jedi. But so, but he's been promoted to like like head creator over at Star Wars right now. Oh, right on. Yeah, so that's a really good thing to come out of this, at least. You know, um, if if they don't do all the shows, I mean, how many shows got canceled? I don't even know. Well, we know Rangers got canceled. Um, I think Ashoka Tano, that series is still going. Nope, that's still on. That's still on. And And, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is still on. The Boba Fett is still on. Boba Fett's still on. Because that ties directly to The Mandalorian whenever they make the announcement for The Mandalorian. So, yeah, we're still going to have tons of good stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I, for one, am not saddened to see her go. Like, really, she just needs to do a little self-reflection. Or just, just you know what? You can say those things all you want, but if you polarize yourself and you create a whole segment of the people that you can't sell a ticket to, that's going to be problematic for your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, and you know they're not going to, like, leave Carl Weathers out of the other series. No, he's so good. I love Carl yeah, Weathers. Yeah, man, he's going to show love up. Him. But, you know, well, they'll figure out something for him. No, mm-hmm. Car- Carl Weathers, man. <laughs> uh, it's it's all about. Um, I got to make a stew. <laughs> got to get a, get a, get a stew going. <laughs> Arrested uh, development. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh my I, God. I, for me, he's always the 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 corrupt uh, general colonel from uh, from Predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Predator. Oh, he's so good. He's now. great. At, he's great. He chopped at us up and put us in the meat grinder. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like uh, I, I, I really fell in love with uh, with him in the rest of development. Man, <laughs> his character was so great. <laughs> oh, Happy Gilmore. He's oh yeah, hysterical. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's Weathers Carl love, Weathers' man. son. Weathers love. Love. Oh, the only guy who could play a corrupt marine and a one-handed golfer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, so we got had a lot of trailers dropped like in the last week since we've talked. Mm-hmm. A bunch of stuff officially 100% came out. First and foremost, the big one was Eternals because we saw like the oh, 15 yeah. second snippet and talked about that. But now we got two and a half minutes. Let's talk about that one at the end of our trailers. 
at the end, you want to you want to bury the lead a little bit and make people wait for it. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Make people wait for it. Yeah, that's Marvel. Right, that's well, Marvel, man. We got to dig in deep to that trailer. It's true. It's true. All right, what do you got then? What which, which one did you like? Let's talk about the Green Knight. I just talked to you about that this morning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Green. I didn't even know this movie was coming. Like it wasn't even on my radar. Mm-hmm. Starring Dev Patel, directed by David uh, Lowry, and uh, it's due out July thirtieth. Um, produced by the same production company that made The Witch, A24 Studios. Yeah, this is one of those delayed um, pandemic movies. Like, this was supposed to come out, like, a, over a year ago. There's, like, there's a few of them that, that are super delayed movies that, um, you know, that they, they didn't want them to get lost in the streaming shuffle. You know, mm-hmm. same same thing with Black Widow and a bunch of other of these, yeah, mar- yeah. Mar- like, definitely James Bond. They... Man, they've been holding that James Bond movie <laughs> like like in in storage for so long. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. got caught up in all of that. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, Green Knight it stars Dev Patel, uh, you know who we first saw in Slumdog Millionaire, and has been having kind of a fledgling career. He had a, a, a pretty bad turn in the um, last Airbender movie, which was yeah, which wasn't his yeah. fault. <laughs> But no, it's yeah, true. That, was, that, that was movie bad. had a lot of problems. But this is, um, I love when they take fantasy seriously. You know, you know mm-hmm. that was like the, the the biggest appeal of Game of Thrones. I like this, like as a, a adult fantasy, yeah. done done with a veneer that's just like that's just kind of upper echelon. So that's what's happening in this trailer. Like it has a lot of like the just the way it's shot, the 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 vibe. And the the tone you get from the film, the is color just, of it is so great. much oh, quality. The color's so good. Yeah, there's a lot of things happening in this trailer, and you really get a sense of a, some good plotting as well, uh, of this like kind of fantastical creature playing a trick on a kingdom. And um, I, I I just you just but what's so good about it, you know, so many trailers like they tell you the whole story. You know, yeah, this doesn't tell you much. Yeah, this one just leaves a, a really good, ambiguous mystery to the story. So I really appreciate that. I, I hate when trailers show you everything. They show you like when a character <laughs> survives something. Yeah, something. It's yeah. just like, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. No, it basically does, but it does a good job of like showing the world that this movie's going to live in, and it does. It's it's fantasy, but it's taking itself really seriously. I think parts of it have a real nice like Guillermo del Toro tinge to it. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely with the it, makeup. It, yeah, the makeup for sure. But the the overall look of it is really good. I'm not much of like a swords and sorcery fantasy guy, but like this looked serious enough that. It, that I feel like it's it's definitely it's A twenty four is making it, so they make a lot of a lot of really good stuff, and it lives in the horror space a little bit. So I like that. I love when a fantasy is done right. You know, it's it's easy mm-hmm. to make it cheesy. It's easy to make it cliche. You know, especially since mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings came out. Like Lord of the Rings, like that's just like so high on Mount Doom <laughs> when it comes down to yeah, like the quality. <laughs> of like a, of a, a, a of epic fantasy weird piece. fantasy stuff that hasn't lived up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Word. well, I thought that great. was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear they're making a new Dunge- Dungeons and Dragons. Um, uh, the last one was starred Marlon Wayans and looked really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, I've seen that. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's and then early two thousands was plagued with like horrible medieval mat fantasy stuff. Like after Lord of the Rings got big, it's like, oh, we need to make one too. <laughs> oh, oh, Martin Lawrence in Black Knight. Oh Lord, <laughs> Martin Lawrence gets transported back in time and becomes Black Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put that on the list of every other thing where it stars a black char- character and it says black in the title. <laughs> that's true that's pretty bad actually yeah that's, that's not cool but that was the 90s man as opposed to the wu-tang thing the man with the iron fist and the man with the iron fist too those are awesome mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh that shit i think uh, black knight was 2001 i don't think it was oh, the 90s God. no that's true close enough for me man that was long enough yeah early. basically basically <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, oh, we got to talk about Edgar Wright's new offering, man. Oh, yeah. Yep, Last Night in Soho. And our beautiful, our beautiful starlet, Anya Taylor. <laughs> who is, may or may not be, Tomas and McKenzie, who you would remember from Jojo Rabbit. Mm. Yeah, she was great in Jojo Rabbit. And she, she, she's clearly older now, and, like, she, she looks intense in a lot of the scenes. Wow. That is her. Yeah. Oh, no. I didn't even think about that. I, I was like, I had, I had, I had Anya on my eyes the whole time. Oh yeah. I thought she was like a new up and comer actress. I didn't recognize her. Well, I mean, I think she would still qualify as that. Yeah, she was amazing in Jojo Rabbit. She's had her coming out, so to speak. But this is a good next step. What I mean, I thought this was like her first movie. Ah, uh, I see. I see. You know, so like, so yeah. Now I remember her. She was amazing in Jojo Rabbit. She's one of the best things about that movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, um, man! I I hate the story of Edgar Wright in America, <laughs> you know, because like he's like one of the greatest gifts we have to directing right now. He's such a student of like all the greats, yeah. You know, like he that's what he's kind of been doing the last decade. See, he made he made his Spielberg movie when he did the Tin Tin yep, movie. Yep. You know, he made his uh, Tarantino movie when he made uh, Baby Driver. Yep. And now he's doing his like his Hitchcockian sort of uh uh. uh oh yeah, well the shattered glass image at the very end of the trailer was super Hitchcock. Oh my god, dude, dude, like who's done anything like that in recent memory? Yeah, he he is such a stylish touch. Like, uh, we didn't even say the name of the movie. What's it's something Soho? What is it called? Last Night in Soho. The movie is Last Night in Soho and uh, directed by Edgar Wright, starring Tomasin and McKenzie, Anna Taylor-Joy, and Matt Smith of Doctor Who fame. I'm, I'm telling you, bro, like, I, I'm so ravenous right <laughs> now for, like, like high-quality movies right now. Yeah. And these, these trailers are delivering, man. Oh, this thing looks Edgar Wrighty. The the shift in the color, and the, the, I know, I know, he gets his own adjective. Now, I'm sure, but but the great part about the trailer is it starts out and it's really uh-huh. kind of like, like, oh wow, she gets to fall asleep and become uh, a singer at a nightclub, and this is going to be light mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit fun. And then as the as the trailer goes on, you're like, oh, this 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 isn't going to be fun. You know, it gets a little mm-hmm. darker and a little darker and a little weirder and a little darker. And then at the end, you know, your full blown yeah. fever dream. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
he's he's always making such a huge statement like look look at me look at who I am and look at what I could have been had you guys given me my fucking Ant-Man movie. <laughs> You're still mad that he didn't do Ant-Man. You're still mad. Yeah, about it. man. They 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 almost ruined his career. Oh, I don't think it was that bad. Like that was supposed to be a, Oh, it was bad, man. Look, dude, like he he would have been a household name had like and and Marvel made a huge mistake, man. They got Peyton Reed to do these Ant-Man movies and they've easily been like, you know, they're not bad, but they're, they're not as good as all the other Marvel movies when it comes down to it. And what, what like what Edgar did, if I, I don't know if you remember his test shooting, he, it, he was responsible for actually coming up with a cool way of making Ant-Man look great cinematically. Mm. No, I'm not familiar with that. That was all. That was all Edgar Wright. Yeah, he shot some test footage, to, like basically showing Marvel how he could make Ant Man cool. He spent all these years developing it, writing it, writing it, writing it. And during that time, and when Marvel was still trying to figure this stuff out, they were a little bit too rigid and a little bit too cold in how they dealt with this stuff. And and especially when um, uh, uh, Pearl Nutter was making a lot of uh, choices. Pearl Nutter is the guy that originally saved Marvel from bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And he's, I believe he was a, a toy guy, you know? And so this guy was making so many decisions that was squeezing all the quality out of a lot of the movies as they were going forward and forward. You know, they, they were having just some internal struggle for a yeah. while. And, and fi- finally Feige is like chief, chief in control of create of creates creatives. But, you know, um, Edgar Wright was collateral damage in all of that, you know, because he created something that didn't necessarily follow what was the main storyline that Marvel was trying to tell. And they kept trying to make him change everything. And that's what led to their being a parting of ways. Wow. I didn't know it ran that, that deep with the animosity. And it's a shame because Marvel would later, you know, come to embrace some more stylized directors like James Gunn, as opposed to having everything done in the quote Marvel house style. But th- that's that's what they needed to do because a lot of the movies are starting to look very same, you know, like a same same equality. That and was if Edgar happening. Wright, you know, if any of his previous movies are any indication, I mean, nothing. He he has such a distinct sense of style that nothing looks like his work, except maybe a little bit Gunpowder Milkshake. Yeah, which I think is was kind of funny. It really, really looks like Nouveau Pupachado aping Edgar Wright in a big way. The color palettes are very mm-hmm. similar. And uh, I've seen oh, yeah. some people calling this Jane Wick. Um, <laughs> that's cool. But or or uh, um, you know atomic redhead. Yeah, that's that's what I said. <laughs> it, that's right. You go like atomic redhead, yeah. right? But you know what though? Like each of those comparisons, if you give me some good martial arts and some good gunplay with a female-led cast, I don't get to see that that often. So I would watch the shit out well, of. Well, I I love I love Karen Gillan. Yeah, I love her, man. I, I'm, I love anytime she gets to be the lead in something. I mean, she's like. Easily like one of my favorite parts of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think she's so hot in that blue outfit, man, <laughs> that blue makeup and stuff. She's fantastic. Getting some Shatner vibes off you. <laughs> yeah, the green alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Cruising space, I, I, taking I love up that blue too, alien bro. ladies. I love that too. <laughs> no, I, I quick story. Um uh, so like I was doing a party one time and uh, I was doing some caricatures and I happened to uh have Karen's uh, parents sit for me 
and she's this really just nice uh, Scottish woman, and she just couldn't wait to talk about her daughter. She you know my daughter's. My daughter's Karen Gillian. <laughs> she's, like, she's, like, she's like, she's in the movie. Did you see the movie? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's awesome. Nice, nice. <laughs> oh, she, she was so cute. Well, oh, she man. looks great. And then, the, you know, we have the rest of the cast uh, is uh, Lena uh, Hetty, of course, from uh, Game of Thrones fame. Carla Gugino. Angela Bassett looks She plays the old, old marm. And... Uh, Paul Giamatti and Militia, sorry, Michelle Yao. Yeah, Michelle Yao. I mean, they they definitely got like a sick squad uh, as, far, as far as like women. Like, I mean, it's so cool to see Angela Bassett doing like crazy action and not just playing like a mom in like Black Panther, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like she, she could still kick it even though she's like 62. The queen of Wakanda, show some fucking respect. Yeah, man. A mom. And then of course, uh, yo, man, yo, she's she's a legend. Oh my god, like that that's one of the best fights ever on camera. Like her fight on uh Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Oh shit, that was her. Yeah, Michelle Yo. Oh, I totally forgot about that. God, that feels that was so long ago. What what I think is really funny is that it looks like Paul Giamatti is basically playing like the exact same character he didn't shoot him up. Did you ever see Shoot 'em Up with Clive Owen? And- yeah, yeah, with Clive oh Owen, the carrots, the carrots. Yep. Oh my god, <laughs> that movie makes no apologies. Like it is just, a, it's guns the movie, and yeah. if that's what you're looking for. That movie absolutely delivers a hundred percent on what it tries to be. But it looks like Paul Giamatti's basically just going to dust off that exact same character and uh, come do uh, uh, Shoot 'em Up too with a bunch of ladies. Is what it kind of starting to look mm-hmm. like, and I'm the, I'm here for it. You yeah. know, I don't need something to be overly mm-hmm. pretentious, but it definitely looks like stylistically, this is a director who has relatively few projects. He's only got two feature uh, length films under his belt. Who clearly is influenced by Edgar Wright. You see it all over this trailer. I gotta tell you, I like the cast. You know, um, I I like the title, Gunpowder Milkshake. Fantastic. But the look of it, it doesn't really seem up to snuff and standards of like what the current like AAA like action fair is. Like, even if you look at the presentation of Atomic Blonde, you know, um, I don't know. It just feels a couple of steps below that. So time will tell when we actually see the movie. But like, you know, with a with a name like Gunpowder Milkshake, I expected like a trailer to knock me off my 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 socks. You know. Well. Quentin Tarantino is a huge fan of this guy. If that's one good, I mean that's a pretty good recommendation. I don't I don't know, man. Have you seen his list of best movie of the year every year? <laughs> well, have you Oh, Big Bad Wolves was on his like top movies of the year the year it came out, which was this guy uh, uh, uh Navot's movie. So, um he's an Israeli director and this is his first mm-hmm. like real budget he's getting to play with. So, I think with that okay. context, I think it it looks like it looks like a good step and a, and a proper movie all around. It might not be the top top tier, but I think it looks like it'll be a, a fine addition to that genre. Okay, you know, again, time will tell. The great great cast, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's just like you always. I mean, that's what make that's what made the that's what made the John Wick things like so great. It's just like the presentation, the attention to choreography. And like you know, the look and feel, 
all of that stuff matters when we've seen these action things over and over again, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm here for it. Um, but even if the story risks being a little bit, you know, generic and just weren't in for the gunplay, talk about a generic story, though. The the Tomorrow War or the Day After Tomorrow <laughs> War or something. I mean, it looks... Tomorrow yeah, War yeah. T2. It looks so forgettable. <laughs> like, Chris... All right. Chris Chris Pratt is charming. He is delight. Yeah, he's great. He's going he's gonna to Chris Pratt all over this thing and you're going to love every second of it because he's delightful. But yeah. everybody else is in a different movie. If you watch this trailer, like his wife is super serious, the all the other people yeah. around him are super serious, and he's got a smirk on his face, and as they're all gonna go through a time portal to fight in a time war, like he's been there before. Like I get that you're a retired marine slash school teacher, you are still leaping through a portal in time. Like the the Chris Prattiness of it, like you're not Star Lord, you haven't done this before. You are so Chris Pratt right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I mean, it looks like fun. The special effects look great, and if the characters, J.K. Simmons is in this movie, you know, so that means it's only yeah. going to be so bad. I'm glad Betty Gilpin is in here. Uh, I love Betty Gilpin from Glow. She plays the wife. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, um, I mean, it would have been great if they both would have went in. I hope I hope it's not a thing where she's just sitting at home. Well, they even have a scene in the trailer where he's like, if I don't go, they draft you. And um, so that's a little tropey, but it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Like, I mean, to, 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 to me, like, it's, that script would be like, yeah, so what if they asked me to go? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, like, that, that, that seems to me like that's where the story kind of should have went versus just like, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But if you want Chris Pratt to go fight aliens in the future... Then his wife can't go in his place. If it's if it's that drastic, why aren't they just taking all the adults? Well, somebody's got to care for the ch- someone. Think of the children, Arthur. There's not going to be a future. That's what I'm saying. If it's super drastic, why aren't they taking everybody that can fight? Well, <laughs> like they'll they'll have I, somebody take care I of the kids. I don't know. I can't pick apart the whole plot from the trailer, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking clue that's going on in this movie. Chris Pratt is braying like an ass at a child's birthday party. Then apparently soccer is a huge sport because people are watching it on television. And then Rangers oh, from the future They're just trying come. to sell to the world, yeah, bro. Yeah. They're just trying That's to sell true. this That's to true. the world, bro. <laughs> 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 like they're, they're, they're not being like uh, not transparent about Fair the, enough. About that and then fact. these Rangers from the future come and say, hey, we need everybody to come and beat aliens because 30 years from now, we are totally screwed. And so Chris Pratt comes out of retirement and then uh, gets to go to the future and fight what looked to be <laughs> these weird sort of spidery multi-appendage they show them very briefly generic alien yeah generic alien they sound just like predator i think that's their species called that's their species uh generic alien (laughs) (laughs) they sound just like predator though so i I, I don't know what that was about but like uh maybe it's just they sound like predator to me because that's what predator sounds like oh that's a that's a regular that's a regular dialect in quadrant nine (laughs) but you know like (laughs) I was saying to you earlier, I don't know who Time's agent is right now, but he's doing very well. Time is in everything. Like we, so many movies, Tenant 
and um, Loki is time travel, and this is time travel, and uh, one last night in Soho. Yeah, it's time travel and time loop. Those those have been the popular things that's been happening now. Like uh, like you know like Russian Doll. I was telling you mm-hmm. you and Rachel need to watch Rachel uh, timed uh, uh, Russian We're Doll. We're gonna catch up with that. And that 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 game that I mentioned up that I'm playing on PS5. It's a time loop game called Returnal. You know, it's uh, really cool. It's, it's basically like an adult Metroid. Oh, nice. You know, <laughs> like, met- yeah, like, a, it's like, but like mixed with uh, the Geiger style of Alien. But yeah, you a know, lot like of that's, a lot of time that's travel That's like the stuff environment of the then. video game. Mm-hmm. Wild. Yeah, I mean, I, that probably speaks a lot to like our, our focus, like our laser focus on nostalgia. <laughs> on being anywhere yeah. but here and now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the crux of our fictional fantasy for society right now is being anywhere, any fucking place but here and now. Oh, the uh, spoilers, the the nevers, you know. Another one mm-hmm. um, that's dealing with that same stuff. Like, it's wild that that's become such a thing now, but maybe it, maybe it does have a larger sociological implication for what we can, what we um, want to speak, consume. Speaking about... Speaking about far in the past, like that's kind of what we're seeing with the Eternals. Yeah, there's you know, another this one. Is Mar- this is Marvel's uh, story that's like a, a like a time expanding story that takes over the course of centuries and centuries and centuries. You know, um, so this is uh, really cool, man. Because Marvel, like, what's what's kept them like really going is that they apply a different genre to each one of their superhero movies. So this one is like it's like a history epic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it looks like an and epic. that's freaking fantastic. <laughs> Have you seen that trailer? <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, it's directed by Chloe Zhao, who just just won the Oscar. So like, you could you could mm-hmm. scarcely do better than her. And um, it looks it looks huge. The thing looks huge. Yeah. You get those big oh, yeah. spanning landscape shots to like the gorgeous uh, Bollywood overhead shot that they give you, like so much like diversity in in the subject, the Babylon, the stark yeah, it blues. Just, cin- cinematically, it just reads as like a, a Oscar bait movie. Yeah, you know, like it just it just it really belongs there with the way it looks, like. Um, uh, what's, who's the director of A Thin Red Line? Terrence Malick. Mm-hmm. Terrence Malick, right? I believe so. Yeah. It's like, like Chloe Zhao very much has that style oh, yeah, yeah. as as well. The very, uh, like, uh, ethereal, like, spacey, like, living in the moment uh, sort of, like, filmmaking. Well, and this trailer really touched on a lot of what you said about, you know, one of the previous ones, which is this This trailer really shows but doesn't tell. Like, this, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't really give you much to know in this trailer, but they show you a lot. Especially that cast. I mean, I was, I was really intrigued with this project uh, for the past couple of years because mm-hmm. it's just like, it's so disconnected from the story that they've been telling for the past 14 years, you know, with a full, completely different cast uh, and and a lot of like, like superstars in the cast, like Angelina Jolie, who looks fantastic in this Selma movie. Hayek. Oh my God. Selma Hayek. Oh my God. Like the, the Brian Tyler, Tyler Henry, who's a, who's still kind of an up and comer, but like, 
like such a solid actor. Well, I think this is going to signal his arrival. Yeah. I really do, because I think when you see him play this cosmic god, and then we're going to, and by the way, we're always going to talk about Atlanta, okay? That's just the way this show's going <laughs> to yeah, be. Yeah, sorry. And then you watch it on Atlanta. <laughs> not sorry. No, I'm not sorry. That show was amazing. You know what? Turn off this podcast, go watch Atlanta, then come back. We'll wait. Yeah, yeah we'll wait. But no, but you look at the 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 difference and the range that he is showing as a legitimate actor, it's... It's fantastic. Like, yeah, he's I think great. This is really going to cement who he is. He's an LGBTQ member, and so that's that's really great that Marvel's really taking that stand to make the main characters, uh, like or, like having the in- inclusivity, uh, uh, and having a main character, uh, like like have that station. So I think that's great. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Kamal Nanjani is is a, looks even better every single time. You mm-hmm. freaking like this guy is primed again. I think this movie is gonna like really make household names out of a couple of people, and uh, it's coming out on November fifth, and it's gonna be released in theaters. But I think they're also going to do like the thirty dollar Mulan model, as far as um you know being able to watch it at home because I think some people are still gonna be hesitant even in November to go back to theaters. Uh, but this looks like a movie you got to see in theaters. Though. I mean, they're releasing so many movies that's theater only, like right now. So I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, for a Marvel movie, I don't know. It seems like they wouldn't do that to a Marvel movie. I could swear that I had seen that, although I reserve the right to be wrong. Because some of these other movies have just been um, theater only. Yeah, you know what? As I'm looking at it here, uh, they have not confirmed one way or the other how they're going to do it. It has been speculated that there would be simultaneous release, but there's been no official confirmation from them. So I am wrong. It is well, definitely um, theatrical, though. I, I guess they're going to see how Black Widow does. You know, That's a good point. That'll because, probably like, these, influence these, it. These Marvel TV shows have been doing gangbusters, you know, getting getting them so many subscriptions. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. And only more good stuff to come. You know, Loki will be on June 9th. And uh, they dropped a couple other little bits. Nothing really worth talking about. But we're looking forward to it. That's going to be freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but yeah. And then other uh, other marvel stuff that's going on is MODOK. Which oh I know that, I know, I know. We're a little <laughs> bit disagreed on it. But I, I just want to start off by saying this. I know the first episode is not the strongest episode. I've watched four episodes now. The first episode, I was like, eh, ho-hum. And then the second episode, I was like, it's getting a little bit better. And then the third and the fourth episodes were freaking great. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's been my experience so far. Yeah, well, like, I'll I'll take your, you know, your advice on that. I watched the first one, and I was just like, this is... This is technically funny, but I'm not laughing. Like that's how I feel about The Simpsons now. Like this is definitely yeah, that's ri- a good writ- way to put it. That's a it's good definitely way to put written it. written by like very smart, like well, like probably talented people. But it's not. It's like I'm not laughing. You know. Mm. You know. So um, I don't know. I mean, it has all of the right ingredients. You know, Seth Green, like the whole robot chicken vibe. You got Patton Oswald, who's just like such a perfect foil for like geeky Marvel stuff. Oh yeah, you know, um, it's their chance to like you know do animation and poke fun of the whole Marvel universe. But uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe if Modok wasn't the main character, 
That's that's how I feel like when I was watching um the first episode of this, you know? Yeah. Well, as it goes on, we're definitely going to get a lot more info on the other characters. But the thing that really saved it for me is that as the episodes go on, it plunges it right into the Marvel world. So that, that sounds good. So you're going to get more Iron Man. You're going to get miscellaneous villains. And this this thing is turning into like the the most comic fan servicey thing. So if you if you aren't deep on the Marvel lore but you like Robot Chicken, it still works and it'll still totally work for you. But if you are deep in on the Marvel lore, there are so many easter eggs and bits and it lives in this weird little absurdist Marvel world as it starts getting further along in the episodes and I think that's going to make it a lot more enjoyable for you. Yeah, um, John Hamm definitely makes a good Tony Stark. <laughs> oh, he's only funnier going forward. He really is. And Whoopi Goldberg as Pound Cakes, which was like an obscure <laughs> Silver Era villain. Oh, um, man. It's amazing. And, you know, there's a scene in one episode where all the, like, C-list villains are hanging out in a shoddy bar and, like, Tornado from the old Marvel, the Avengers video game comes in and like starts trouble, like all sorts of little stuff like that. I'm like, I, he comes in, I was like, oh shit, it's Tornado. And Rachel looks at me, she's like, what? I'm like, no, he, <laughs> you know, a video game in the 90s, never mind. <laughs> so, like, there's all sorts of fun stuff like that in there. Um, so I think if you, if you get through the first, the second episode's going to be a little bit of a slog too. I'm going to warn you, but the mm -hmm. third and the fourth episodes really start getting into the world and makes it, uh, a lot deeper and more fun. We're also going to get the plot and the, the thing of the show. I don't want to spoil it. Um, cause normally we spoil every damn thing. So I'm not going to spoil this, but there's a lot more going on than looks like is going on. And I think it's going to mm -hmm. make the show more interesting. Hmm. Okay. They just need to knock that shaky cam shit off. It's not funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, unfortunately that's the style. That's the style uh, for that that type of storytelling. You know, at one point I actually had to look away from the screen because I was getting a little bit nauseous. Like if if you have vertigo, maybe just avoid this one because you're not going to have a good time with it. But I, I get it's that, you know, uh, modern family, uh, the office shooting from across the room with a handheld camera sort of feel. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and it's supposed to be voyeuristic and it's supposed to feel in the moment real, but it just it just feels shaky. Mm -hmm. So I'm not down with that at all. But stick with it. Stick with it. And anybody else who's listening who hasn't watched it and thinks it might be for kids, it's not. People are going to get killed, blown up, torn to pieces. It's fun. And um, just just hang with it through the first couple of episodes and you'll be all right. Mm -hmm. Trying to think if there's anything else that we haven't talked about before. I spoil Army of the Dead for our listeners and for you, Arthur. That's it. Spoil away. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. The meat and the potatoes. So, uh, yeah, Army of the Dead just came out um, on Netflix. Uh, it's been very, very popular. Um, it's directed by Zack Snyder, stars David Bautista, uh, Ella Purnell, uh, a whole bunch of other good, fun people. And it is fun and forgettable, I think is the best way to put it. Perfect. <laughs> Look. If you want to have a bunch of beers and watch people shoot zombies and watch David Bautista do David Bautista stuff, which I'm for that in a sense. I really am. I really, really am. Mm -hmm. But this 
this movie breaks a lot of rules. And one of the rules I like to have is that a good horror movie, of which any movie in the zombie genre falls into, needs to be 90 minutes or less. That is a, I think it is a commonly accepted aspect of the genre that if you violate, you damn well better have a good reason to violate it. You don't need (laughs) to give me a two hour plus movie with slow-mo shots, inappropriately placed dialogue, and fuzzy cam. Like, have you heard yeah. about his obsession with these uh, Nikon lenses from the 60s called the, the, the Dream Lens? And uh, it what, has... What about them? It has a really narrow point, focal point. So only the thing that is closest in the dead center is in focus, and everything else around it is blurry. There is so much blurry stuff in this i don't i don't understand the creative like i get that it's a creative choice but i don't get it like why blurry stuff why now part of it as i understand is because one of the big things that people know this movie for is is that christelia who had been found to be grooming minors um was admittedly edited out of this movie and replaced with tignataro which was a fantastic choice socially and creatively because Tignataro is one of the really fun focal points of this. She had uh, some very popular specials on uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. I love Tig. Delightful as the snarky, surly helicopter pilot, you know, person. And um, so, so it's got some good stuff going for it, but like the story is completely banal. It's just, it makes no sense. If you stop to think about any part of it at all for more than just a moment, <laughs> no sense at all. And, and I'll tell you another thing. If I never hear another slowed down female fronted folk version of a song again, it will be too soon. Just stop <laughs> with the slow-mo and stop with the covers. That's another thing in trailers too. You notice like every other trailer now has like a half speed acoustic cover of a classic song. Like, yeah, just stop. stop. Again, like Atlanta made fun of it. Yes. Atlanta was on this years ago and it's still (laughs) happening. We've already passed the point of parody on this shit. We are past the point of parody. So just stop. Mm-hmm. But Zack Snyder got a Snyder and he Snyder's all over this thing. <laughs> Zack Snyder, can you stop Snydering? Exactly. All over this it's place? like when James Gunn wrote <laughs> his first of the dead movie, and James Gunn was like, maybe I think went out and had a beer with Zack Snyder and told him all of his plans for how he was going to use music creatively in his movies in the future. And like Zack Snyder drunkenly half remembers that plan. And that's what this sounds like (laughs) because they're so cliche. Like what, what, what we all now know that gun can do artfully Snyder applies with a goddamn sledgehammer. My point, spoilers. Oh, before we don't say anything further, spoilers from this point forward. But it's a zombie heist movie. And if you can't write that in your head starting right now, then go watch it because it's going to be fun for you. (laughs) So the final song that goes over the apocalyptic ending and then roll credits is Zombie by the Cranberries. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that sounds like that sounds very apt. It's like if you Googled zombie <laughs> movie and Google was like, did you mean zombie by the cranberries? 
And Zack Snyder was like, I did mean zombie by the cranberries. You're not giving Google enough credit, it's bro. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe it was Bing. Maybe Bing did that shit. <laughs> but it's like apply with sledgehammer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and it has your prototypical of the dead ending where everybody just about dies. There is literally one person who I think survives. But to give you the plot of the movie very quickly, a rich casino owner has $2 million, $200 million locked in a vault below his casino in Las Vegas. Now, they're going to blow up Las Vegas because it's overrun with zombies. They've managed to wall it off, which we actually watched that process through a slow-mo sequence uh, reminiscent of a lot of his intros. Um, with a terrible Richard Cheese cover of Viva Las Vegas. Like, I like (laughs) Richard Cheese, all right? I'm down with the sickness, but again, he's just... Down with the sickness! (laughs) But Snyder got a Snyder, and that means his zombie movie's getting a Richard Cheese intro. It's like, you've been there, man. So it's very bloody, very gory, and we meet uh, Dave Bautista, who is our retired mercenary army dude who now flips burgers and Tanaka comes and finds him and says, look, I'll give you 50 million. You break into the zombie zone and get this $200 million out of my safe. So why does money still matter in a world with zombies? Okay. Cause they have managed to keep all of the zombies in uh quarantined into this huge walled in Las Vegas. Oh, that's convenient. So what's funny is they actually make it a point in the movie to declare that that is no longer the United States. Like that is, that is not America. Like for no reason at all. I think this movie has a lot of stuff to say politically. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things it actually gets right is how quickly life returns to normal. Once the zombie problem is quote unquote, more or less contained. They have a cameo by Sean Spicer playing a right-wing pundit asshole, which is a little bit too on the nose for me. Ew. A little bit too on the nose for for my taste, personally. Uh, This guy finds Bautista, and he is like a billionaire, but he wants $200 million. Like, nobody questions why a billionaire is that worried about $200 million. So this is your first clue that they're not going in to get the money. There's a twist that there's an ulterior motive. You then get uh, his daughter, who basically gets everyone killed. She's a hard-nosed lady working in the quarantine zone and around Las Vegas. And her friend snuck into the zombie-occupied area and is now trapped inside of there. So she wants to go save her. So David Bautista lets her come along on this completely unrelated mission. The ticking clock, because if you're going to have a heist movie, you got to have a ticking clock, is that a nuclear bomb is going to be dropped on Las Vegas to end the zombie problem once and for all. So they got to (laughs) sneak in, get the money, and sneak out before the nuke goes off. So they assemble their ragtag team, um, which uh, consists of uh, Ana de la Reguera as Maria Cruz, who secretly loves David Bautista, but is a, you know, withered soldier of fortune as well, who never told him how she felt. You have Amari Hardwick as the delightful Vanderhoe. When they team Mm -hmm. up this sort of like 
like aggressive uh, shoot 'em up guy with Matthias Schrodenhopper as the German Dieter safe cracker, right? So they've got to bring like a weird, <laughs> quirky German safe cracker, despite the fact that the guy who sent them owns the safe. Give them the combo. Why do you need yeah. a safe cracker to crack into the safe of the guy who owns the safe? And you would think that there's going to be some twist at the end that that's because he doesn't own the safe, and you'd be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then you got Tignataro as the pilot. And uh, one of the other things that this movie actually does right, which is to say that they go and they get YouTubers because there have become all of these YouTube channels that surround people who sneak into the zombie zone and shoot them off like a shoot 'em up game. So the same way you'd watch somebody play, you know, Gears of War or something, you can now watch them like go shoot actual zombies and they go recruit like the world's most famous zombie shooting YouTuber, which I thought was fun. Cause that would, that's what you would actually do. Mm. And he's delightful. Um, and then, so yeah, they get to the business of meeting up with a woman who is a coyote. She sneaks in and out of the, the city of the, the zombies and um, she helps them sneak in. They of course get picked off one by one. And it turns out that the obligatory, you know, um, Commander Flag character, the escort for this suicide squad, turns out his real objective is to collect a zombie head and bring it back. Why? Um, because the government wants to, because once they nuke all the zombies, then whatever's keeping them alive and whatever is the like, the thing that makes them the undead will be lost forever. So the government wants to weaponize it because, oh, pardon me. The whole movie starts with a government transport vehicle that gets hit by a car while a man is receiving um, from his wife, you know, while he's driving. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so uh, he's distracted and uh, he crashes into this military convoy carrying what we will later term an alpha zombie. <laughs> and the alpha zombie is apparently bulletproof until the end of the movie when he isn't. And... Um, escapes into Las Vegas and then that's what gives us our slow motion montage of Vegas being overrun and chewed on and zombified. Perfect. So the government wants their asset back. So why you don't just hire a team of mercenaries to go in and get the head and come back is beyond me. Cause by the time the guy has collected you know, the zombie queen's head, which is always a bad choice because then the zombie king comes for you. Um, he's right by the entrance to where they snuck in. He could just leave. He doesn't have to go complete the mission of getting the money. He makes it a point later in the movie to say the money means nothing. Well, fuck, you were, you were on level one. You could have just left immediately with the asset and the movie is over. So that makes no sense. So in any event, they get there they fight through an army of the dead. People get picked off, as you expect. They safe cracker cracks the safe. They get in there. They get the money. And they have to get the money to the helicopter, but all hell breaks loose. Uh, David Bautista's daughter, with 30 minutes left to go in the movie and before the nuke goes off, decides, well, we found the money. I'm going to go find my friend. She's now going to go search a zombie-infested Las Vegas for her, for her friend, MacGuffin, <laughs> and get her back 
to the helicopter how? Like, even if you find her, what's the next step? Like, she just runs off into the city because we need more stakes and we need the, the ticking of the clock to mean more. And so somehow David Bautista escapes with the pilot. They go, they find her. Improbably, her friend is still alive after days of being stuck in the zombie zone. And they get her back onto the uh, helicopter. The zombie king rides a horse as fast as a helicopter travels, apparently, and catches up with them. Oh, zombie horse, by the way. Zombie horse. And then... High octane. And then, of course, he bites Dave Bautista. And Dave Bautista's got to have that moment with his daughter where he's like, I loved you and I'm sorry I was a bad dad. She's like, you were the best dad. And she shoots him. And then maybe the lady that the whole third act of the movie existed to find survived the crash. Maybe she didn't. We never know. We don't even see her in that you scene. Said, you said spoilers, right? Oh, yeah, I said spoilers. <laughs> But she's a MacGuffin. She doesn't even matter. Like, maybe I'm not spoiling it. I don't know if she's dead or not. Like, they don't even address the character. Like, she was the whole point that the mission deviated and everybody got killed and you found her in all of this madness and you got her on the helicopter and the helicopter crashes and she has her moment with David Bautista and just then walks off. He gives him, he, he had stashed some of the loot under his body armor and he gives it to his daughter. And he's like, go start a new life with that lady's kids. Cause she was trying to save the woman. Cause uh, her, she, she had children that were in like an internment camp. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and so, <laughs> because maybe she's alive and walked back and made it to her kids. I have no idea because she was so important, but then she wasn't. And then, we find out that one of the soldiers on the ragtag team got locked in the safe and survived the nuclear blast. So he gets out of the nuclear blast with big duffel bags worth of cash, walks presumably out of the now irradiated Las Vegas without succumbing to radiation poisoning, buys a, a private plane and then flies to Mexico. And it's on this plane on his way to Mexico, he realizes oh man, I've been bit. And so now that's, of course, that's the second movie. You know, Army of the Dead, New Mexico or Mexico. I honestly don't remember if it was one or the other. So it's a setup for the other one. A couple of things to note. We have a zombie tiger. That is freaking awesome. We have zombie robots. They get shot in the face and underneath their skin, you see that they're like RoboCop with like green or blue glowing eyes. This will never be explained or even acknowledged. Who the hell made those? Who knows? <laughs> they literally don't even acknowledge it. Nobody goes, oh, fuck, that one's a robot. Like, where, what? What? Why Man. are some of the zombies robots? And, and it's not even like, well, they didn't really explain it. Nobody like even acknowledges just, it. It's 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 just like sucker punch, man. It's like oh. Zack Snyder's like, I'm just gonna do whatever I want. Yep. <laughs> wouldn't it be a wouldn't it be a cool idea if you revealed it and there's like a robot underneath there? But like, are you gonna explain it? Somebody fire that person. <laughs> <laughs> so much slow mo. So much like. Pop. That's what makes those movies long, man. Oh, my God. So much pop music. Um, it just... 
And then the characters have, so we, at one point, we know we have about 15 minutes to get out of the city before it's blown up. And the one character reveals to David Bautista that I've always loved you. And I'm only on this mission to look after you and to make sure you survive because I love you. And it's like, that's really great but we need to get this money on the helicopter and get the hell out of this building. And then while she's diatribing, she gets killed by a zombie. And it's like, couldn't, couldn't you have set that up earlier in the movie to give it some time? It's like somebody got to the point of we're like, Ooh, you know what? All of these people are about to die at the end of this movie. So we better give them all some emotional resonance. So like everybody gets these last minute moments and they don't work. Wow. Yeah, I know. That I talked a lot. God, I think exhausting. that's the most talking I've ever really done. <laughs> uh, that that movie that movie hit a nerve, oh. man. You guys just watched Tom go to F off. They, they okay, <laughs> they power an entire hotel's worth of electricity on about 15 gallons of gasoline for the whole movie. All right? Because they have to bring fuel yeah. to fuel up the helicopter and to fuel up the generators for the uh, for the hotel mm-hmm. that they're breaking into, so they can get the safe powered up. And I mean, they run an entire hotel for hours on 15 gallons of gas. I'm not trying to be that fucking guy, but like, I'm gonna be that fucking guy for a minute and just say mm-hmm. no. And the blurry cam, too much. It's it just it just stop and. And why is nobody who's specifically going to fight zombies wearing any arm protection at all? Every person who gets bit and dies get bit on the freaking arm. Like, you should go in there looking like a goddamn lacrosse player. You know? Like, you're professional mercenaries going to fight zombies, and every one of you has torn your shirt sleeves off. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could definitely know that um, Zack Snyder's movies are never going to be thoughtful. <laughs> no. And look, man, if you want to get really intoxicated and watch this movie, it's probably a hell of a lot of fun because they kill zombies in creative and innovative ways. They murder innocent people on mass and shockingly quickly. And it's there's there's something to be said. Like this movie is unapologetic and it's definitely not, you know, pretentious in any way. It's an of the dead movie, but where Romero's of the dead and where the one written by, you know, James Gunn, the the social commentary is just it's less ham fisted and it's deeper. And I think that this fails in that regard. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really live up to the of the dead moniker. It tries and it does some things well, but in general, it's just a little pained. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. There's so much. There's so much about it. I'm looking at my notes now. Oh, do you know that $200 million weighs over 4,000 pounds? How are you going to get $200 million out of a vault in the basement to the helicopter on the roof with like five people? It weighs two. I guess, thousand pounds. I guess the movie takes off half of those pounds. Oh, they never get the money out of there. That's how they deal with that problem. The money, <laughs> they don't get the money. That's like at the end where he reaches in and pulls out that one last thing. And he's like, I saved this for you. You know, like he has one bundle of cash for his daughter. And that's the value of the whole job. And of course, now the infection has gotten out and has spread because the dude's on an airplane who's bit. So... And maybe I'm asking too many questions, but if this movie had been an hour and a half long and didn't try to be 
overly art directed, just excessively art directed, then I would forgive those things. I would forgive them. But because you made me sit there for two hours and 15 minutes and watch this shit, I do not forgive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's always that slow motion that like really hefty chunk of slow-mo that makes his movies longer. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And you get the Zack Snyder intros and yeah, like, in the intro, you watch this lady try to save this kid for the whole intro. Like, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to get this little girl and we dodge these zombies and we dodge that zombie just for her to get killed at like the last second of the intro. You know what I mean? It's it's graphic, it's violent, it's bloody, but I expect it now from him. You know, it's mm. just so Zack Snydery, And I think that there are places where that works. I mean, yo, 300? Mm-hmm. That's where that sort of style works. But in this, I mean, it doesn't get any more perfect than 300. That's like really his the best work. For yeah. Him, yeah. You know, and uh, Watchmen is second. It, it feels like somebody going out and playing the hits and not even considering the story that the story makes no sense that none of the characters' motivations make any sense and that nothing resolves anything and that it just sets up another movie and that you you sprinkled in so much crazy stuff. We have we have zombies that can do kung fu. Mm. Kung fu zombies. But again, we're not going to explain none of it. You have to wait yeah. for the second and third movie to know that. Yeah, I, I just think Zach is in a bubble where like things like rationality, that's not his movie language. No, you know? he's he's playing visually. I think he might actually have been his own art director on this film. I think that might be mm -hmm. the case. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it is. And it's just, yeah, it's everything is applied with a sledgehammer. But but all of that, mm -hmm. all of the shitting, and you know me, I'm the, I'm the positive one here. But <laughs> hey, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say, homie? <laughs> I'm saying stop being the angry black guy for Christ's sake for one minute, if you would please. Fucking stereotypes, I swear. <laughs> We're trying to make progress in this society, Arthur, and you have to be the angry one. We're just playing into it. We're just leaning in. <laughs> Why you little? <laughs> <laughs> Glad I'm three thousand miles away now. But but no, I mean like Amari Hardwick is great. He's legitimate fun. Tignataro again, fantastic. The lady mm -hmm. who plays the coyote like steals the show. Nora Anzen, God, she's got another European name. Arnazade, oh Jesus, Nora Arnadezer, Arnazadezer, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't know. You but Raul it up. Castro, you fucked it up. Uh, I know. <laughs> it's it's all consonants, man. Help me, and a Z. In any event, she's delightful. The blonde lady who plays the coyote is delightful. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. so, like, you know what? Make sure you have a couple of beers before you watch it. And if you want to watch zombies get their heads blown off, and sometimes I just want to watch that. Like, I think this is a great background movie. This is one of those movies you could put on and, like, sort of, like, clean the house and then pop in and go, ooh, and watch a zombie get shot. But that's about <laughs> it. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, shit. Why is that zombie actually a robot? We're not going to explain that. It's a, it's a robot zombie. No, no, move on. Okay, I guess I'll go do the dishes. And that's how you should watch that movie. That's my that's my review. So you know, watch it or don't, depending on your state of uh, intoxication. Well, that you, I'm glad you, I'm glad you watched that, so I don't have to watch it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'll probably watch it at some point, so I could, um, so I could share, 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 share in with the vitriol. You will, you will. Just put it on uh, the background. Know, there's nothing like delicious vitriol. 
uh, all, le- less filling. That is a perfect movie to watch while you're on your phone. <laughs> um, yeah, so now we, we have Loki to look forward to. That's coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got Black Widow to look forward to. Um, yeah. Uh, I didn't get to mention this earlier. I saw, uh, we don't talk a lot, a lot of anime, but I saw Demon Slayer. My friend uh, Cedric Williams, uh, he did the voice of one of the characters in there. So I, I, I pounded through this uh, series and um, saw the movie. It was pretty intense, man. It's like like really great animation on there. Um, so I can recommend that one. If people want to, any anime heads out there want to see Mugen Train, Demon Slayer. Well, shoot, I'll have to check that out. Shout out to Cedric Williams. Yeah, he's he's killing it in the voiceover game right now. Oh, we'll, we'll have to have him on the show. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that seems like all we have today. Well, all right then. So, Arthur, if people want to find you on social media, where do they find you? You can see me on Instagram. I have two posting places there. Uh, Dreamboat82 is my regular posting place. And then I also have one from my YouTube channel, Draw Really Awesome Wow. And then you can also see me on my, my website, www.arthurromeo.live. And uh, check out the full season of Yashahime. I play Jubei on that show. It's on Hulu. All episodes, all the, the dubbed episodes and subs if you're into subs. But uh, all the dubbed episodes are out on Hulu right now. And I'm really proud of the work I did on that show. And um, yeah, that's, that's a bit for, about it for me. Oh, hell yeah, man. Well, I'm a little bit easier. You can find me on Facebook at Thomas Olton, or you can find me on Instagram at Thomas Olton. Um, Other than that, I thank you so much for joining us. If you like the show, please go on to your Apple or Google or Spotify app of choice and rate and review us and only say nice things because we're nice people and we deserve it. And I know Arthur definitely deserves it. Yes. And uh, yeah, so if you would, and join us again next week on... Tales to that I wasn't going to do the uh, the lead it again, but I'll definitely add reverb this time. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.